Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I hope you all had a great weekend. I'm your host, Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a we got a good one for you today. Uh, some recent prospect news coming out of Arizona. Big story breaking today, so we're gonna get into that as well as just some other various news around the league. I know Dallas is rumored to come out with a new uniform, so we're gonna talk about that, and then just get into a couple of the other remaining free agents. And I'm gonna give my thoughts on Tory Krug visiting St. Louis, and we'll cover it all here today. Um, first things first, Tommy, how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend wasn't too bad. Uh, nothing special. Just did a lot of homework. You know, mm-hmm. usual. Stay yeah, inside. Get into that grind. It's getting cold and rainy now where I'm at. So that's fucking, that's nice. That's fun for the whole fam. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, when I when, uh, did a lot of homework this weekend, it's getting getting busy with the midterm grinds and, and getting around Thanksgiving season. Um, and the weather's not, not the best. They turned, we're in that weird period where they, they turned the heat off in my apartment. Or the the AC off in my apartment, but it's still like hot as hell. It's mm-hmm. like that weird transitional period. So it's been pretty brutal in here the past few days uh, with the with the hot and cold days out. Ugh, yeah, not a tough. Fan. Not a fan. Waking not up a fan. in a sweat is never fun. Uh uh-uh, uh that's the worst. That's the worst. All right, moving on to some hockey news. So um, the a big story today uh, out of Arizona. So they're, uh, it came up that their uh, their first pick that they made in this most recent draft, uh, Mitchell Miller, had gotten himself into some hot water a, a few years back. I don't know, Tommy, I know you got this story pulled up in front of you. You want to break this one down? Yeah, so basically the the excerpt I'm reading from the article, which I think came from azcentral.com, uh, says four years ago Miller admitted in an Ohio juvenile court to bullying Mayor Crothers, I don't know if I'm saying that right, who was tricked into licking candy push pop that Miller and another boy had wiped in a bathroom urinal. Mayor Crothers had to be tested for hepatitis, HIV, and STDs, but the test came back negative, according to a police report. Um, And the individual also said that uh, Miller constantly called him brownie and the N-word while repeatedly hitting him while growing up in the Toledo suburb. So, yeah. so um, I mean, remember that a couple of, a, a while ago when we were talking about how this was a bad look, like the whole, the whole we skate for and like just not saying anything about Black Lives Matter was a bad look mm-hmm, for the NHL mm-hmm, because they're perpetuating mm-hmm. a system of just I don't know, like it just it just feels like like the league is primarily know. white, right? And so mm-hmm. like you have to you kind of have to like take care of these guys when shit like this happens right and not just be like oh like he was a young man 14 years old like we expect him to change and we want to help him change like he's hitting because this guy apparently had mental health issues too so that's two bullet points right there like Mm -hmm. that's not great not a good look by the organization and not a good look at all from the prospects no and 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 the the ironic thing is the 
the reason that Arizona lost those draft picks and didn't have a pick until the fourth round is they got in trouble with the league for folding That's illegal right. prospect camps right. or whatever. So that. not only was this their first pick in the draft, this was their first pick in the draft because they were being punished and lost their other picks. And then what do they go and do with their knowledge that they illegally obtained and lost picks for? They, they pick some racist kid out of out of whatever some racist prospect to, that gets a story going and this is just a bad look um and then his college came out today issued a statement that like you know we still chose to admit him we believe that we can change him whatever that's fine like you know it's a it's a call you know they got caught up in the middle of it but it's just not a good look as an nhl franchise to overlook that and not expect it to come out eventually yeah, and the statement that came out from I think it was I think that came out from Arizona basically said like like they they like the same thing like they wanted to change him and they felt like by drafting him they would have like an ample part in doing that and it just felt like a high and mighty like way of saying like we're actually doing the good thing here and you guys are all wrong which is just I I think that's just inherently false not Agreed. remotely true. Yep. Yep. Because I a guy like this like just opens the door for all of these other prospects with a dark past and like all this, all these skeletons in their closet, which everyone has skeletons in their closet. Let's not get it mixed up. Like I did some dumb shit when I was 14 years old, but I'll tell you one thing I didn't do was call kids the N word and make fun of kids with mental health issues. That's not what I did when I was 14 years old. So I, I think someone with problems that severe, um, doesn't have a place in this league. I don't know. Maybe he'll maybe he'll prove us wrong, turn over a new leaf. But the way it looks right now, it's not a good look from either side of the either side of the fence. Yeah, and I just think the timing of it is is really unfortunate. Um, anyone who you know grew up around this kid, or anyone who grew up with a similar situation, like around hockey or not, who just anyone of color who who has had similar incidents in the past uh such as the one we heard about in this article uh if let's you know if they're interested in hockey and all of a sudden they're they're seeing that this team's draft pick is a kid who has the history of doing all this shit that traumatized them when they were growing up what's that going to say about the league and, and being welcoming and 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 that sort of thing um it's just tough when stuff like that gets swept under the rug and the timing of it is so unfortunate too that um, everyone kind of isn't quite recovered from being frustrated with the NHL for not doing enough in terms of the Black Lives Matter protests, and and they kind we kind of had moved on from it, but then this just kind of brought back all those memories into the everyone was like, yeah, no, uh, this is just more of the same. You know, we expected we expected better from you again, and 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 it's unfortunate that we it have is, to have this conversation is, again. It really is unfortunate because like, I feel like the NHL makes a conscious effort to um, really drive home the fact that hockey is for everyone. Like that's their big slogan. That's they, they have the hockey is for everyone nights and everything. Um, they try and make people feel like all inclusive and that anyone can play hockey. And then for a team, like you said, for a team to go out and do this, it kind of, kind of contradicts everything that they're standing for. And it definitely alienates little kids that are growing up um, that might have mental health issues or might be African-American and say like, why would they do this? Like, what if I wanted to play? I don't really want to play in a league that thinks this is okay anymore. No. Yeah. And, and the other frustrating thing is this wasn't a story on draft night. Yeah. Well, I don't or, understand that either. Or because- it just didn't come up until months and months later. Like it would have been one thing if 
the Arizona Coyotes made a point to go out and say, like, we acknowledge this guy's past and, you know, we're, we're drafting him because we think he can be useful for our organization as a hockey player, but also because we think we can develop into, into a better person, whatever. Mm-hmm. But th- this proves that everyone was kind of just willing to ignore it and sweep it under the rug until the public gained knowledge about it. Arizona wasn't sitting on that statement for weeks and weeks and then just happened mm-hmm. to release it now. No, they were completely fine with drafting the, a kid with racist past. And then the public was like, wait, we don't like that. And then Arizona was like, oh, I guess we should say something. Yep. And that's, that's that's what's frustrating for me is is Boom. we they, they're only sorry because they got caught per se. Exactly. And like uh, even if they were going to go down this road, it would have been a good idea to be like put out an article like you, like you said on like draft night or like – even address the fact that like, hey, like, just so you guys know, this guy has a past, but we think like we can do good by him and like help him become a better human being while also being a better hockey player. But instead, they like you said, like they just let the public find out, which is strange to me, because if you ever watch if if anyone remembers the NFL draft, I forget which one it was, but there was one line. I saw. Yeah, dude, with the bong and the gas mask, they had the yep. full video on draft night, just yeah, yeah. ripping okay, all so night long, is, and he is... drops in the rankings. But of course, yeah. in the NHL, yeah. they have no idea that this happened on draft night, and Actually, now an article, comes right? Out. Right. Actually, a crazy story to go back. He so t- this guy was projected to be like a top five whatever draft pick, and then all of a mm-hmm. sudden on draft night, a picture and or video or both surfaces of him ripping a bong in college out of a gas um, mask out of a gas mask, whatever, complete, like, I don't want to say slander piece, but like worst timing in the world. And literally this, this kid watches his draft stock fall by the hour as a result of this video. So like, yeah, like you said, losing thousands of dollars. Right. Right. The fact that like something like that can happen over something, you know, less, way less less offensive. yeah, Yeah. Offensive than something like that because whatever misplaced camera, but then something like this can get swept under the rug and not found out until weeks later. It's it's just frustrating. It's frustrating. It is. Um. All right. All right. Before we get too too uh, hot, too bothered, <laughs> yeah, too heated. Uh, we do got to take a short break, and I do want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. You know them. You love them. But the new and improved Built Bar is back and even more delicious than ever. Eighteen amazing flavors, including the twelve classics. But you got six brand new ones: caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew, which is great. And both bars are healthy. That's the best part about them. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for someone on a diet. Let's talk about the Cherry Barcia flavor real quick. I love it. It's so tasty. If you've ever had the Ben & Jerry's flavor, it tastes just like it, which is crazy because it's a protein bar. You got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, so it is really good for you and tastes delicious. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com and we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. Alright, Tommy. So I saw an exciting article today. Uh, it was titled, ESPN is increasingly interested in NHL TV rights. Really? Can you imagine? I'm intrigued. Can you imagine a world where Stephen A. Smith <laughs> and Max Kellerman cover hockey? 
I can't, honestly. It's so foreign to me. It's now strange. you listen here, Max Caliban. <laughs> Sidney Crosby is the greatest thing this game has ever seen. Connor McWho? <laughs> Saying uh, Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the league <laughs> is blasphemous. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, honestly, that would be electric. I would love to see that. <laughs> That'd be oh, so much man. fun, honestly. But didn't like I don't I don't remember. Didn't uh NHL games like air on ESPN like a while ago? I don't know. They aired on the golf. It was like the nineties or eighties or something. Did they? Gross. Yeah. I thought I remember that yeah. in like like the older days. Like they used yeah, to do ESPN know. games on or NHL games on ESPN, but Honestly, now, like, obviously now it's it's a whole different ordeal because, like, ESPN is the megaplex in terms of sports entertainment. I feel like it was, like, it probably was still back then, but it wasn't as big as it is now mm-hmm. in terms of, like, exposure and everything, so. Right. And we've been talking about that for a while. I know Greg Wyshynski likes to refute the fact, but the fact of the matter is, like, ESPN doesn't really color hockey hockey. unless there's like a stupid Connor mcdavid goal that like they just can't avoid talking about because like it's all over twitter and shit you know what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah. so i feel like it would it would be good plus it's good for the sport and i feel like uh in terms of like exposure and everything like we've seen the sport grow i feel like exponentially in the last couple of years because we're going to a speed-based game because we're going to a more attractive style of play as opposed to like grind it out three to two games, it's like slobber knockers where it's six to five. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe they're just kind of tacking onto that and being like, oh, like we see an opportunity to make money here. We're going to jump on it, whatever. Yeah. Um, but anything yeah. for the growth of the sport, I'm all in for. So, and I feel like yeah. that'll help a and, lot. And something else enticing is if ESPN is another huge, gigantic conglomerate that is bidding for the NHL TV rights, even if they don't get it, that means whoever does get it is going to be spending probably significantly more, which mm-hmm. means higher salary caps, right. which means better better money spent all around, mm-hmm. which means Ryan O'Reilly doesn't leave in free agency. Yeah. Which- <laughs> God, <laughs> you can only – fingers crossed on that one. Holy shit. Um, no, but this is good all around. Um, even if ESPN doesn't get it, it hopefully just promotes higher bidding and, 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 you know, competition, uh, increases and, and promotes, uh, growth in terms of individual businesses, individual companies. So if, if ESPN is given NBC a run for their money, yeah, maybe NBC gets it back, but maybe we see a much better product and a, right. with a lot more money put into it because they have some competition for once. Exactly. It's exciting. It's exciting. Yeah. I don't know when That's that sad. contract is up, when the NHL TV rights are for sale, but I'd be looking forward to a, to a change, not to a change, but to some co- healthy competition in, in, in terms of that. Yeah, as long as it doesn't end up like the, what is it, the graphics on Fox on NFL, where oh, all geez. the dudes are just j- jacked out of their mind. They look like comic book characters. That's yeah. kind of a nightmare. I don't really know yeah. who who passed that one in the boardroom, but uh, as, like I think the I think that the like the presentation for the NHL games is pretty good, like yeah. all things considered. But it could be better. I think it could be if they pulled up be better, better graphics and like more stats and stuff. 
Right. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, sometimes, you know, watching the the playoffs, the last thing you want to know is how long Jamie Benn's been on the ice. You'd love to see a shot counter, but no, Jamie Benn's shift has been 43 seconds long and counting. Yeah, that is one thing. Hopefully they can put a shot counter on. Nah, nah, you need to know how long P.K. Subban has been. I mean, I do like, I do like seeing that stuff. Like if he's on there for like two minutes, like that's ridiculous. But also like, uh, like seeing like. Well, shot well, shot counter needs to take priority, but also like seeing like they put up like a little like graphic of like Connor McDavid's top speed, like as he's skating down the ice that's and it's sick. like fluctuating. That's badass too. So like the little advanced stats like that, I'm all in for. But yeah, yeah no. shot counter needs to I take agree. priority. I agree. With and you. hey, and hey, maybe this maybe this uh, TV market war would increase the technology, like the the super advanced technology with like the the speed trackers and stuff like exactly. that. I mean, we saw a lot of it in in the NBA playoffs and a little bit in the NHL as well. Just FIFA's been in, doing in it for the MLB. A while. MLB's been doing it for a while. Yeah, um, with Statcast and stuff like that. Yeah, FIFA had oh, the man, little, like you, they had the guys with the Adidas chips in their cleats and shit. Remember that? Bro, can you, dude? I remember. Remember, you know how like in they have an expected hit probability for MLB. Yeah. What if there's like an expected goal probability? Like they they they, they track the angle and speed of the shot and say like that that oh, should have gone nasty. in seventy seven point. Yeah, like shot time. angle, shot trajectory. Dude. shot angle yeah that'd be sick we Bar could really we could really see yeah we could really see like because they did that thing for a while too where it was like catch probability and like you would mm-hmm. be like five star catches and be like damn like he really was not supposed to catch that you could do that same kind of thing for like goal for saves yeah 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 and, and finally put an age and end to the age argument of was that a good save or was he just extremely out of position yeah or was it yeah. a good save or yeah. was it a muffin or was it a muffin? All right. All right. We're getting close to the end of today's episode. So let's take one more short break and then we will bring this one back and wrap it up. All right, Tommy. I know you gave your thoughts last episode on Tory Krug visiting the facility mm-hmm. and, uh, and and putting on the Blues uniform and meeting Bob Plager and all that. But uh, real quick, just so we can get my thoughts, I want to give you give me a quick rundown of what you had to say. Um, basically, I said like you can tell like everything that the Boston Bruins fans said like when you left, like how he's a, <laughs> he's just has a fantastic personality. Like the locker room's gonna love him, fans are gonna love him, all that stuff. Uh, I said I I will spend this segment of the podcast eating crow because i i thought it would take forever for blues fans to kind of like take him under their wing and cradle him because of like what happened in the series against boston but i think i was dead wrong because he seems like an all-around just fantastic dude and a hell of a hockey player too and just seeing his wife and his kid go check out the practice facility that was really heartwarming so yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Blues have really uh, amped up the whole Tory Krug media tour in light of the Alcatraz <laughs> departure. True. They will not um, let that narrative but, die. But, but hey, I feel I bad for Robert been, Thomas. <laughs> I know, <laughs> a little I bit. Know, He's got to watch I that know. hit every time he goes anywhere. <laughs> I think they've done a really good job. Um, promoting Tory Krug and I think they've made him look I, I think he's made himself look really good, but I think the Blues have done a really good job of highlighting or what makes him an impact player, an impact person to have in the locker room. Um, that interview with, I think it was what Joe Vitale and yeah. Robert Thomas. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. Um, uh, Krug had a great personality there, had a little cameo from it, from his daughter, which was mm-hmm. awesome. I like the um, line uh, when he was like, how long I got to look at that? When he was looking at the mural of all the guys yeah. celebrating. And they're yeah. like, until you get another one. 
<laughs> yeah. Until yeah. we get another one. Yeah, that's a great yeah. line. I love that. Um, so I mean, that he like he's a great attitude there. Um, I feel like that hopefully squashed any concerns that there was about his, him getting along with Robert Thomas. They had some jokes. They had some laughs. Robert Thomas has signed a picture of it. Um, so that was good to see. Um, I think he's going to mesh well with the team uh, right away. I think I'm a little worried that the Blues are almost hyping him up to be the next Alex Petrangelo, at least media wise. Mm-hmm. And fans expecting that are going to be disappointed. And we're going to have sort of another Justin Falk situation where not that he wasn't, not that Justin Falk wasn't bad because he was, but just that the expectations on him were so high that it was almost impossible for, yeah. for him to succeed. I and I think, fair. I think we might see similar things out of Krug. I think people might be expecting him to put up 30 minutes a night and, and be another Alex Petrangelo. And that's not what he's going to be, but he's going to do things that are more valuable for other aspects of the game. He's going to be better on the power play than Petrangelo ever was. Um, again, no offense to Petrangelo, but just, the things you're getting with Tori Krug. Um, so that's going to be exciting. And yeah, we're going to suffer a little bit in the defensive end and with those, with those hockey IQ plays, but it's going to be a different style of hockey as a result, mm-hmm. which I think is exciting. I think it's going to be a little more offense, offense heavy um, at times with Krug on the, on the power play, which is going to be interesting to see how this grinded out team works that into play, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting point to touch on is because this like this team's kind of been known for its defense in years past and that's what's like led to their success. So if 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 they are going to make the shift towards a more offensive team this season, which it sounds like they're going to, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they make that transition and what kind of guys like excel in that role in that new play style, I guess, and what kind of guys like fall off or don't play as well as they normally would in a defensive style of role. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting season for sure. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I think Krug's going to be a great addition. Um, all the all the press tour that they've been given him have been great, uh, have been really exciting. I think the Central is going to be an absolute Thunderdome battle. <laughs> um, anyone can come out on top. And then, uh, I mean, last few free agents, I know we said we were going to talk about that. Let's just get, get into it real quick. Uh, Mike Hoffman, Alex Kalchenyuk, um, Sammy Vatnin, a couple big names still on the board, but I think it's going to be tough just because the cap is so flat. Yeah. You see, you see anyone anyone making a big impact there? Um, I like. I know a lot of Blues fans are still like gung ho on Mike Hoffman. I think, and I think if you talk about like improving the power play, I mean that's that's a hefty shot and thirty goals a season, like coming off the bumper right there. That's pretty nasty, you know. So I think if they really if they really want to push like this offensive style team and like get that power play buzzing, I think Mike Hoffman would be a great add. But I know Doug Armstrong already said it's probably our last move and all of that stuff. So who knows? But I think if if it if it comes down to it and Hoffman's not getting like the contract he thinks that he's worth and he starts coming down in numbers, I feel like Doug Armstrong will be Probably one of the top three teams that will be ringing his phone if I had to. If I had to guess, yeah, I would agree. A um, couple big name, couple big names up, but we just gotta sit and wait. Uh, I think we're we're at the end of this episode for today, Tom. You got anything else to add? Uh, just want to say thank you guys for listening. Appreciate each and mm-hmm. one of you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good times. Um, but at the end of the day, like especially in terms of like this uh this prospect like 
I think what should reign what should reign true in the NHL at the like in its identity as a league should be like fun entertainment and like good morals, you know? Because like even even if you take into consideration like they were trying to like like because like their reasoning is they're trying to like make this guy a better human being and like all of that stuff, he's still considered a project in that regard because you have to like construct his morals you know so at the very least he should have dropped in rounds which is brought like if he were in the nfl that's probably what would have happened or he just would have gone like undrafted or something like that but the fact that he still went in the first round given he actually had a legal lawsuit against him and went to juvenile detention for something as brash and uncalled for as this uh that concerns me I would agree. I would so, agree. Um, but That's I think my final gl- thoughts on that. I'm glad that we were able to have a productive conversation about it, and that's yeah. really all we can ask for in the coming days, weeks, months, years that this kid plays is that it just leads to productive conversations as a result. Can't change the past, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that we hope that you guys could, can agree and, and promote, spread similar conversations that we had here today about a tough topic like that. Yeah, spread positivity. Um, Mm-hmm. It's all it comes mm-hmm. down to. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I uh, hope you enjoyed the the blues and other hockey talk. If you're if you heard anything about any other teams that you're interested in, definitely go check out their various locked on show. Check out the locked on NHL show. They cover the whole league or anything else you might be interested in. We got it all over here. Check out uh, check out locked on Coyotes. Ooh yeah. Let's see, see their take they on it because they probably see, got they some hot Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Blues to stay up to date with everything we've got going on. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at T Welcher fifteen. Thanks everyone so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues. <laughs>